Hi, my name is Kanal, and welcome to the Geeks of the Valley podcast, which connects with some of the brightest minds globally, who are leading their respective industries today to discuss the hottest upcoming industry trends and how their work is affecting the global economy. This morning from Nairobi, Kenya, we have a very special guest, an international wealth manager and an up-and-coming entrepreneur in Africa's Silicon Valley, Samir Jazini. Samir, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much, Kunal, for having me. Hope you're keeping safe during these tough times. I am keeping uh, very well, and I hope, I hope you are doing well on your end. We're okay. Thank you very much. I'm happy to hear that. Uh, to start off into our first question, Samir, how did it all start for you? I started off, I was living in Lebanon. Lebanon is a country in the Middle East, on the shores of the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, as you all know, when you hear about uh, Lebanon in the news, it's, it's quite tough there. But I was doing well for myself. I started off by studying architecture. I was studying accounting as well afterwards. But uh, I wasn't the type of guy who can sit behind a desk and just, you know, uh, sit down and study for hours. I needed some more action in my life. So I decided to jump into the entrepreneurial uh, journey. Um, I started off by supplying uh, proteins, protein supplements to gyms. I was running to gyms. I had a lot of clients. I was doing personal training. So basically, I was my own boss from the beginning. But then I got an offer from a friend of mine in Africa who was telling me, hey, just come to Kenya, Nairobi, try it out. It's not as uh, underdeveloped as you think. Little did I know that Africa has become the newest destination for emerging markets investors from 2000. According to the World Economic Forum, half of the world's fastest growing economies has been in Africa. Speaking of Ghana, Ethiopia showed real GDP growth of over 8% in 2018. In fact, funding of startups in Africa hit $1 billion mark in 2019, with South Africa, Nigeria, Kenya, and Egypt topping the funding charts. These four countries also received the largest share of funding in the whole of 2019. Not to speak of Kigali City, Kigali in Rwanda, a multi-billion dollar project inspired by the America's Silicon Valley for the production and development of technological advancements is being built as we speak right now. So there's a lot of action going on in Africa and that when I had decided to, or I had doubts ever in Africa to leave and I was looking at all these statistics, I always remember that where there's blood, you know, there's potential. So I decided to stay in Africa and I am where I am today. Wow. Where there's blood, there's potential. I really like that. Um, and so what is, what is so unique about this market in general, in the, in the African market? What really stands out to you here? I think when you look at developed countries like the US and Europe, you see there's a lot of competitions like swimming in an ocean, right? So you don't get the chance really to compete with these uh, big sharks. Whereas in Africa, it gives you, it's like swimming in a pond. It allows you to grow. And after that, maybe you can think of moving outwards. Not to mention, as I had mentioned earlier, that Africa is a developing uh, country, uh, continent. And there's a huge potential. A lot of startups are being funded from the US, from Europe, into Africa. So I saw the potential. And 
I, I think in the, in, the, in the next 20 years, Africa is a place to be. If you remember, uh, Robert Kiyosaki had mentioned Asia to be the next uh, uh, booming market. Uh, and uh, once he wrote his book, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm-hmm. that was around 20 years ago, the first time he wrote it. Um, so I speak of Africa the same. I see Africa in the next 20 years to be the next technological and advancement frontier of the world. So since coming to Africa, Smith, mm. what are some of the things that you have uh, done? Um, I came to Africa actually working for a hotel at the beginning. I was a recreational manager at a group of hotels. But then, uh, you know, it's, it's something in our blood, the Lebanese. And, I'd had, and as I had mentioned, that it's, it's hard for me to work for someone or to be sitting behind a desk and doing my homework and studying for hours and hours. So I just started my own business. Uh, I started off trading with uh, commodities, different stuff like tea, coffee, uh, locking deals here and there. And then I decided to uh, sharpen up my skills in wealth management. When I did that, uh, I opened up a consultancy firm. Uh, I deal with high net worth individuals in terms of wealth uh, management. Uh, and I run a, a company called Afkartec also. It's a, it's part of Higboss Holdings uh, Group. Afkartec is a market, digital marketing uh, company. It offers digital solutions for businesses and uh, business consultancy as well. Wow, Sineo, quite, um, quite, quite a length of experience you have there. Um, and in and, and quite very uh, different industries. Uh, that, that being said, right, um, with the current pandemic going on, right, uh, you're seeing the Central Bank of Kenya has downgraded uh, the economic growth perspectives for 2020 by 6.2%, uh, from 6.2%, sorry, uh, to a conservative 3.4% um, due to the pandemic. Right, and it's disrupted uh, domestic production, supply chains, as well as the demand for the country's uh, main trading partners. In light of the current market, do you see the current global economy? How do you see the current global economy going? And how will it not just play a role globally, but within Kenya and Greater Africa? I think there were a lot of bubbles in place uh, just as the Fed tightened and uh, caused the slowdown, Trump shattered global supply chains by initiating trade wars, and then the black swan of the coronavirus hit. But I think that the, they were all in place. I, I, I already had saw, had seen um, the largest corporate credit bubble of all time. Uh, I think there, uh, I, I, I was witness, I was looking at a, an indexation bubble, the bubble in, a bubble in the monetary policy and uh, EU banking crisis. Uh, I think uh, I saw many corporate debts being uh, downgraded. Um, I, and one of the most important things that I was looking at was the foreign borrowings bubble. You know the the dollar standard bubble. Until the coronavirus hit and before that, the trade war. So what I'm trying to say is that this was only a cover-up. I I was expecting uh, a depression even with or without the coronavirus. Why do I say that? If you compare statistically what is going on now in the world compared to the 1930s uh, 
uh, Great Depression. We saw similar facts, even uh, even as stimuli were were given in terms of uh, there was a fifty million dollar stimulus printed by the, the the Federal Reserve of the U.S. and and then um, another sixty million, which equates to around uh, one trillion of today's value before inflation, right? So, so you see, I I think a, de- a depression was inevitable. So this coronavirus coming and 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 hitting the economy just made it uh, much more worse. What do I expect in the short term is to see um, a short rise, just like we saw between the nineteen, I think it was nineteen twenty nine and nineteen thirty. We saw a six month rally, around twenty percent of the markets. But after that, we saw uh, again even further uh, further decline in the markets. The U.S. today is around 110 debt to GDP ratio they have. Uh, Italy is around 106. Japan is around 200. Uh, you see, and you had mentioned earlier in terms of uh, forecasting the GDP for uh, Kenya and other countries, the, it has rippled all over the world. So we are heading towards uh, a major depression now. And I think people should be prepared and get ready for, for, for something big to happen soon. Okay, so to that is quite a bold statement, Samir. So to, to dive a bit deeper into that, right? Yeah. Um, when you say people should be prepared to jump into this, get ready for this depression, do you mean it's due to COVID that depression is going to happen or COVID's leading into it? Or after COVID passes a whole uh, something totally different is going to affect the economy. I think the stimulus now will take effect, just like I mentioned earlier, that during the 1929 till 1930s, we saw uh, we saw a, a, a six-month rally of around 20% in the market. So we might witness a rally now in the markets. Uh, we saw today uh, S&P 500 uh, recovering a bit. We saw different markets also. But but you see, that means nothing. That is only uh, that is only like uh, it's the government prepping up the markets. So I expect the markets after a while to really go into a bigger dip. Is it because of coronavirus? Coronavirus only made it worse. I told you earlier that, that there's a debt crisis. There's a, there's a, there's a, the standard of the dollar is going to be hit. There's, there are much bigger issues in the economy. The whole financial system, as we speak, is losing trust. People no longer believe in this financial system. And we will go to a place where there's no return. So what is Kenya doing to, what is Kenya or Africa or, you know, Kenya and in general Greater Africa doing to potentially maybe adapt to these, these, these use cases? I don't think Kenya or other countries will be able to adapt, but I also, you know, the bigger your economy is, the bigger the hit, the bigger the impact. I do believe that the, the, the underdeveloped countries will be hit, but maybe not as much as the developed countries. So emerging uh, markets will suffer. The best they could do at this point is to be um, is, is is to innovate and adapt and adopt. 
I want to give. I don't want to really give a, such a bold statement and tell you to adopt, you know, uh, cryptocurrencies. But I would say, from my this is an opinion of mine that if people lose trust in the currency, in the dollar, and fiat currencies, where else will they search for value? Other than it would be either gold or Bitcoin. What I had mentioned in one of my posts on Twitter, I was saying that gold is to buy right now, whereas Bitcoin is like buying a call option. Interesting. So, Samir, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to totally switch the topic on you here mm. um, in regards to uh, touching on something that I feel like listeners would find very interesting about you. Uh, I hear that you're quite a philosophical uh, connoisseur um, in, in a way. Uh, you do a lot of reading. Um, you read a lot of cultural books. And one concept I wanted to touch on that I know you hold very dear and close to you is this law of attraction. What is it? That's an interesting question, Kunal. I believe that for you to survive in this life, you will have to need a bit of uh, spirituality. I don't like to attach it to any religion at this point, but spirituality is key for you to endure all the obstacles that we face in our daily lives. Um, in terms of law of attraction, the law of attraction, as publicly known, is you visualizing something and getting that image to be manifested in reality. But the thing that people don't understand that it's not only about you sitting down and doing yoga and meditating and visualizing, expecting it to happen. For you to reach that certainty, for you to really be able to visualize and see that image clearly, you need to believe in it. And for you to believe in it, you need to believe in yourself that you have what it takes to achieve that image. That is one point. Another point I'd like to talk about is the way people perceive the, 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 the life time frame or time span. They look at it as past, as something that happened in, happened in the past, before now. And the present is now and the future something yet to happen. You see, I look at it in a different way. I think the future, present, and past are all part of that time frame. And that everything had happened already. That's how I would like to explain destiny. When people say destiny, it's something that had already happened in your future. And it's just a matter of time before you, you reach it. So coming back to the law of attraction, it's that future image that you can see today and visualizing that is sending you messages to your present time for you to take action. So in the future, when you have that certainty and belief that you are about to achieve a certain status, position, or whatever your goal is in the future, to achieve that certainty, you see, and that feeling from inside 
that it is 100%. It means you had received a, a, a message from the future telling you that it's possible. Are you getting me here, Kunal? Samir, a lot of listeners out there would ask you the question of how is it that the future has already happened? I like to compare it to a story of Adam and Eve. You see, when Adam was given the choice to eat from the tree. But if, if Adam had not eaten from that tree, would earth come to existence? Would we have ever been on earth? when God's whole plan was for us to be on earth. So would you not say that the future was already determined? That's an interesting perspective. Exactly. So I, I, I look at it just like uh, Albert Einstein says, the, the theory of relativity of time and space. So it's, 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 it's different to us when we are moving in that time frame from an outside if you were so if you look at it from an out as an outsider you would see the future present and past already existing and you are moving in a direction from the past towards the future but the future was already there and that's when i say of the law of attraction when the law of attraction is working it's your future sending you message back to the present Allowing you to have these thoughts. I call it inspirations. If you, how many inventors, you know, thinkers have you, have you heard of? They have seen a mathematical calculation in their dreams. They had visualized an invention. They had connected with uh, ether. You see? So I think that it was meant to be for this person to achieve a certain goal in the future. But how do you know that? Is when you put in the hard work, is when you have that belief. If you don't put in the hard work, okay, you would not have the confidence to achieve that goal of yours residing in the future. And at the same time, for that goal, when it is in the future, okay, it gives you that clarity of visualizing it and confidence to achieve it. So it's like a bilateral way. I don't know if you're getting me here. I, I do, I do. It's very interesting. What you're really trying to say here is that if you put in the hard work, you're more likely to visualize what your goal is, right? And everything in the future, the future in itself is somewhat sending these signals back to you in order to help you achieve that. How many times have you encountered an incident that changed your life or you were planning to do something and something just happened in your life that made you take a different direction? Quite a few how, times. how do you explain that this scenario? You see, I told you at the beginning of this conversation that I was I started off working at running two gyms, supplying uh, you know uh, supplements to the market. Okay, I had different dreams. Little did I know that I had received an injury in my left short shoulder, for example. 
And for me to of having that future image of becoming a fitness model, I went to Africa to explore different opportunities when I got the offer to come to Africa. And if it wasn't for that shift, I would not be doing what I'm doing today. I wouldn't be the wealth manager, social media, marketing expert that I am today. I would maybe be on stage now, flexing. <laughs> you get my point. So the, there are drivers in life and incidents that change your direction to achieve that final image of the future. So you would say that things in life happen for you, not to you. I believe it's a bilateral transaction. I believe it's a bilateral. I think we are given opportunities in life and we are put in certain situations that we need to take advantage of. You see, Warren Buffett is Warren Buffett and the oracle of investments today because he was born at a certain date. Okay, his father, I, I think his father was a stockbroker uh, he didn't want to go to uni, but his father obliged him. Then he did a master's degree. His mentor was uh, Benjamin Graham, another oracle of investments. You see, he was put in situations that really uh, channelized his energy towards a certain image, a certain goal. If he was maybe... Uh, if he if he had or he was born in a in a different family maybe a farm maybe he would have grown up as a farmer so destiny plays certain roles it's like pinpoints in your life but the future is there the present is there the past is there for, and you are given these opportunities to achieve the final uh, image right so Samir, to, to talk, to discuss more in detail about your theory, right? When you are talking about when someone works hard and they're visualizing, you know, they work hard and they're able to better visualize their goal. Signals from the future in a way are sent to them to better attain that goal, right? What does the past represent then? How does that, how does the past play a role in this? Well, it had to start from somewhere, right? And every step you took throughout right. that journey was leading to the end product of the future. So just like I said, Warren Buffett was born uh, at the X date in an X family. You were born in an, uh, also the same somewhere else on a different date, right? So you had to go through the past leading to your present today to achieve that future. Very interesting. Listen, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question, yes. okay? Mm -hmm. They always say that you have to have a clear goal in order to achieve it. Right or wrong? If you did not have yeah. clarity of what you're doing, you would not be able to achieve it. The same applies to this theory. When you are working hard, you are working hard towards a certain goal. You have it clear. If you were confused, you wouldn't give the energy and hard work to achieve that certain goal, right? 
That's why I'm saying it's a bilateral transaction. It's hard work. It's inspirations. It's clarity and visualization. It's belief and confidence. You wouldn't be faithful and you wouldn't be confident if you did not put the hard work. Subconsciously, you would say, I'm not working hard enough or I don't have enough skills to achieve that goal. And that would reflect on your confidence. And if you don't see the goal clearly and you cannot see it clearly, it means you will remain confused. You wouldn't put the right hard work. You wouldn't channelize your work efficiently to achieve that certain goal. And if it weren't for that goal that you can see clearly at the end of the road, you would not also have put in the hard work of today. If you had not seen the opportunity and you were so sure of that opportunity, you would not have walked confidently towards it. So it's, it's, like, a para, it's like a triangle. It's, you cannot exclude one factor. Unless you're lucky. <laughs> Very interesting insights, Samir. Thank you so much for sharing these. This goes right into our last question for the call today. Um, and it's a perfect uh, ending question, especially after what you've just said. What is one piece of advice you would give listeners, uh, our listeners out there, from your, from your journey thus far in life? I would say, don't take yourself too seriously. There's no shame in doing whatever it takes to achieve your goal. Don't say I'm too big for this job. Don't let your ego, uh, you know, move you. If ever, be careful. There's a big, there's a fine line here between ego and standards. Yeah, healthy ego is important. Maintaining your standards is important. But at the same time. Don't let your ego burn you. I like to compare it since we were talking about the law of attraction and spirituality. The devil is a fallen angel. That's what the public knows the devil as. He was given the a high status of the angels. He was close to God in the heavens above. And he lost the status the moment he was arrogant. The moment he had so much ego, he was showing off and saying, I'm made of fire, Adam is made of clay. That's when he lost his status and came down to earth and left the heavens above. Same, this allegory applies into our daily life and people need to understand this. If you allow yourself to be egoistic, arrogant, you know? The status you are given in life, where you have achieved, you will lose it and go back down. And at the same time, if you are still climbing the ladder of life and you don't accept different, you know, have gratitude, enjoy every small deal you get in life. If it's a hundred bucks, show gratitude, show positivity. Don't say, ah, oh, I will not accept this $100. This is too little for me. Accept everything. Work hard. Have healthy ego. Keep your standards, I say. 
Keep your standards, but don't be arrogant. That's what I would say. Samir, thank you so much for your time today. It was a really insightful conversation. You really gave us a lot of food for thought. For people who want to learn more about your business and have questions, what is the best way to reach you? Thank you, Kunal, for your time. Um, you can reach me at my email, sj at higbossholdings.com. Thank you. Higboss sounds like such an interesting name. How did you think of it? Uh, well, Higboss, I got inspired by uh, the Higgs boson. If you know, but it's also known by its nickname, the God Particle. Uh, it's like um, it's, it's it's like an elementary particle that gives math uh, to uh, to substance. So I thought of it as my holdings company that will give the mass to my uh, to my subsidiaries. What an interesting name! Once again, Samira, thank you so much for joining us on Geeks of the Valley. Thank you, Kunal.